Alright everyone, welcome to the 14th episode of the All Things Strength and Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Robbie Burke, once again. And on this episode, I interviewed Roxanne Meadows and Jock Fresco from the Venus Project. And on this episode, we discussed everything about the Venus Project and what it stands for. Uh, we also discussed many of Jock's philosophies on how to make society better for the human race and many, many other topics within the interview. As with all the interviews up until now, it was a very, very informative interview. And as always, I hope you guys really enjoy it. Can you hear it all right, Jock? Yeah. Um. Jack can't wait. Say some more things. Jack can't hear you too well. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I just pressed record there, so um. Uh, but well, if 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 you want, Roxanne, she, you you can hear me okay, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I can. It, it just on this end, your voice is a bit tinny, and I I think it's a frequency Jack has trouble with. But I'll I'll just tell you what he says. Okay. Uh, well, sure. Just uh, Roxanne, if you wanna yourself and, or and Jock both, you just give an introduction to what the Venus Project is for the listeners. Okay. You wanna give an introduction to what the Venus Project is? Yes. Uh, it seems that the politics all over the world appears to be collapsing, and uh, it seems that all nations are making nuclear weapons. It also seems that there's conflict ahead. And what I've worked out with the Venus Project is a resource-based economy, which means that if you don't want war, poverty, unemployment, and all the problems that you have today, including most crimes, you have to declare all the Earth's resources as a common heritage of all the world's people. All the nations have to be taken uh, apart in terms of their boundaries so that all the people of the earth take care of the environment and one another and we become one group devoted to taking care of the environment and all the world's people by sharing the earth's resources and declaring all the earth's resources as the common heritage of all the world's people anything less than that will result in the same problems over and over again. War, poverty, economic dips, all that stuff. That's what we have to do in order to put an end to the stupidity of politics. What do you think it, it will take for this to happen? <clears throat> what do I think has to be done for this to happen? What's happening now all over the world, people are losing their homes, their jobs, their income. And once that happens, then they look for something else. As long as they're working under a given culture, they are victims of that culture. And they will not question anything until they themselves lose in the people they elected. You have to remember that all people in every single culture are raised to uphold and perpetuate that particular culture. Mm -hmm. They're not given enough information educationally wise or um, given enough information emotionally to be able to sit back and look at their culture and evaluate it and, um, and come up with different approaches. They don't even look at that. They uphold what 
what they're given from birth. They're nationalistic. They'll go to war and fight for whatever culture they live under. So in order to do that is, is a bit of a luxury. And there is no... And there are a lot of people today that are beginning to realize that this system is not working, but they haven't, they don't even know where the problem comes from. They don't even know that it's the monetary system that they live under that is the problem. And Jacques, since a very early age, he's now 96, has been working on an alternative system, a different system to live under that he calls a resource-based economy. It doesn't have money, it uses no barter, it makes goods and services available to everyone. And today with our technology, we can do this. We can do it on a global scale. You can't do it in one country and negate others. As long as few nations control most of the Earth's resources, then you'll continue to have the problems we have today. Where did both of you come up with this philosophy? I, I suppose Roxanne and Jock was a big influence on you anyway. So who was Jock's influences? Like, how did Jock come to the conclusion that the way the world is going is just... How did you arrive at this? How did you come to these conclusions? Well, mostly during uh, the 1929 crash in America and the realization that America was taken by force away from the Indians. Mm -hmm. In other words, we stole the land from the Indians. And that all nations are basically corrupt because they use politics. And politicians are not the kind of people that can make contributions to the earth. No politician, to my knowledge, has ever increased the agricultural yield, worked on public housing, or methods of eliminating crime or diminishing it or eliminating war. They don't know how to do that. Politicians don't seem to know a damn thing related to the physical world. I don't care whether you're Democrat, Socialist, Communist, whatever you are, they don't have solutions to the problems. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think it will take for, for this to, to happen, for, for the Venus Project to come to fruition? Do you, do you think a war is going to happen, or what do you think will no, happen? No, not that. If we have another war, I don't think we'll make it, because the earth will be contaminated. I think that what it would take is an economic breakdown to mm -hmm. make people realize that what they've been serving is not the way to go. Also, it will take people understanding this direction, learning about it, identifying with it, and talking to others about it, or even with an economic breakdown, it won't happen, because people don't know what, what to do about it. You have to check our website, thevenusproject.com. Mm -hmm. you, you speak an awful lot about money and, and the problems that it causes. Can you just go into that for the listeners? You talk about the problems of money that it causes. What are the problems it causes? Well, money puts people in debt. It puts nations in debt. Money also stimulates war because... In war, you sell armaments to the armies and navies. There's a lot of money in war. If you took the money out, I don't think there'd be war. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Money, you pay off governors, you pay off judges, and money is the root of all evil, the love of money, according to the Bible, if you're religious. Jesus chased the money changers out of the temple. Now they're all back in. Mm-hmm. 
Jock, so, something you, you speak about, um, or you spoke about, it's called being a victim of your culture. Uh, could you just speak to the listeners about this, what it is to be a victim of culture? Alright, you're brought up to be patriotic American. For example, if the president criticizes another country, we, would, at the Venus Project, would invite the prime minister of that country to give his point of view. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday and Sunday, all you have is Judaism and Christianity. It is not a democracy unless you have what the world believes. You give people a viewpoint of comparative religion, non-religion, atheism, agnosticism. That's a democratic society. But if you just have religion, it's controlled and monitored. If you have news companies and newsreels, and NBC, if it's owned by GE, it's not going to be objective. They're not going to tell you what's wrong with GE. Mm-hmm. And if they make money on cigarettes, the government will push cigarettes. They're not interested in the well-being and the health of people, obviously, if they sell liquor and cigarettes and frankfurters, which is a major cause of cancer and other diseases. Everyone's a victim of culture. There isn't anything that you think about, your facial expressions, your movements, that you don't pick up from your culture that you live in. All you, the, your, the way you speak, every word you get, mm-hmm. your, your mother, your father tells you everything that's around you, table, chair, book, and tells you how to pronounce it. You don't come up with your own language. Nobody would understand you. You're not an individual. Nobody would understand you. Everybody is really pretty uniform, even though they're told that they're individuals. If you were um, an Eskimo and you had no outside exposure, you couldn't dream of walking on a palm fringe beach because you've never seen it. You've never been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. So you can only think within the realm of your environment unless you travel or read a great deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how, how do you think you can change people's uh, like perceptions of things because, as you say, they are a victim of their culture because that that is a big barrier to, to the Venus Project is, is to kind of to, to get yes. people to see beyond their culture. How, how, how do you think we could change this? I don't have to. How do you think you can change people? I joined the Ku Klux Klan in Miami and dissolved it in a month and a half alone. And I joined the White Citizens Council, dissolved that branch in Florida in about one month alone. And I've been changing people ever since. It's very easy to change people if they're honest. Mm-hmm. If they're really looking for answers. Uh- Jock, when people see, and Roxanne, when I'm asking a question, it's the podium. When people see the Venus Project, they kind of see your inventions and they think that we don't have the technology to make these things. What do you say to that? Do we have the technology to make these things? We have the, we had the technology to make a resource-based economy in 1927 when they started developing mass production. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's no... No reason why it can't be done. It's all technical. Don't forget, everything that you have, I'm talking about you, everything that you have today is technical. 
your washing machine, your refrigerator, your electric light. Politicians do not understand technology. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they can't come up with ideas. What the Venus Project works on is problems common to all people. Heart disease, cancer, cystic fibrosis, diabetes. These are problems common to all people. Soldiers are trained to be killing machines. Mm -hmm. They waste time. They only build hatred and destroy things. The war is a supreme failure of nations to bridge a difference between one another. We have to, I would take all the soldiers, send them back to school to become problem solvers. We have a lot of unresolved problems. War is not the answer. It's a, it's a really a, a backward method of trying to solve problems. It only builds hatred in people and they prepare for the next war. What the Venus Project talks about is our methods of intelligently using our resources. The way we're using them today, people say, well, we don't have the resources. But the way we use them today, we certainly don't have the resources to feed, house, and clothe everyone on Earth and create a kind of second Garden of Eden if you're religious. But if you organize resources the way Jacques describes, if you organize resources and share resources and use it intelligently, then we can create a wonderful world where everybody can be, live to their highest potential and live very well, not in sustenance, but, but have a very high standard of living. We can reduce most crimes also. When people have access to the necessities of life, they do not steal. What do you say to people whose argument would be, if you give everybody what they need, so they don't have to work for it. Do, what meaning in life do these people have then? Now this isn't me, this is just some critics. They say, well, what, what do I get out of bed for in the morning if I have no work or no purpose? I understand that. Martin Luther King marched because he believed in what he was doing. He didn't do it because somebody deposited $5,000 in a bank or $100,000. Politicians move on the basis of money. If you have put up a half a million to get somebody elected, you owe them a favor. Therefore, you cannot have a democracy in a money system. You don't drive the kind of car you want. You don't live in the kind of house you want. You live in what you can afford. That's not a democracy. They've really flattened you out if you think that the only thing you live for is to get up and work and, and make money. You know, when kids are young, they're interested in so many things if they're healthy. And then all of a sudden, when you reach a certain job, when you reach a certain age, you have to focus and, and on, on making a living and getting money. You can't do the things you want to do. There are so many people who are interested in so many things, and they have no time to do that because they have to make a living. Mm -hmm. And they have to stop the things they wanted to do because they have to make a living. Or they don't even dream about the things they want to do, and they don't think about it anymore because it's too painful because they don't have enough money to follow through on that. Mm -hmm. So... You know, you, it's, it's really alive. They fill your heads with you. You won't have any incentive if you have no money. Mm -hmm. The thing that flattens incentive is having to go to work and earning minimum wage or being a dishwasher, not being able to go to school, not having schools that are interesting, that care about 
people learning things because they're just in it for money as well. They have to curb what they teach because they're in it for money. They have to be, they have to answer to the people that give them the money. That even goes on in universities. So, you know, just have, having money give you incentive, it, it, it's not true at all. But even just from the standpoint, because you guys speak about the waste that comes from like certain uh, certain things like building houses, but let's say you say to a builder in the Venus Project, in this new world, we can build houses with machines, but the builder says, I like building houses, it gives me a purpose in my life, I, I, I feel good, it makes me feel good to build a house. What would you say to that? <laughs> I would say the same thing, that the culture really flattens you out if if you want to uphold and maintain things that you've learned, because you've only learned a very narrow discipline. Once people have access to schools and travel and doing anything that you want, mm -hmm. have, have so many more options, they won't want to do the only thing that they've been trained for. You can be trained in so many different areas and go back to school and, and, and study what you want and do what you want. The options will Without be enormous. Christ. Yes, yeah, that's the only yeah. way. Then, then the options would be enormous. You know, a lot of people say, he was saying, would people say that they only like to build and that it'll take their job away? Then what do they do? You know, the elevator operators no longer exist. You don't have people that are making suits of armor anymore. People learn new things and explore new things and other things become much more interesting than the, than the narrow discipline that they've been trained in. Mm -hmm, it's because mm -hmm. they haven't been educated in other things. Their life is so confined. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a, a fantastic answer. Um, how do you envision education then in, in the Venus Project? People will be educated in how we relate to nature and not destroy the oceans and the rivers by dumping toxic waste in there. We're destroying the oceans, the atmosphere, the rivers, and marine life. We need cities in the sea to restore the ocean. The reefs are dying. Most of the fish and, the, and many, many animals are dying due to mistreating the environment. We spray poisons on plants rather than use ultrasonics. There are many other ways of ma maintaining the environment without poisoning the environment. Mm -hmm. We use artificial coloring and food. We use artificial flavoring. We sell cigarettes. How can the nation love its people when cigarettes produce cancer? It may take 15 or 20 years, but it's detrimental to the well-being of people. The cities themselves would be university cities. People would be learning throughout their whole lives. They just don't go to school for a certain amount of years and then go out and have to make a living. They would be continuously learning things and have the opportunity to go to classes and learn things, as I mentioned, throughout their whole lives. Even the professions today are phony. When you think of a psychologist and they try to adjust people to this system, they have to be stupid to do that. Mm -hmm. Same with psychiatry. If they try to adjust people to this system, they're not sane. Also, you can't have a sane society with money as the bottom line mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. profit. Also, you'd be educated in the, the things that are necessary to perpetuate the well-being of all people and the sustainability of, of the environment. You'd be, you'd be learning things that are 
necessary within a resource-based economy. There wouldn't be any lawyers, there wouldn't be any bankers, there wouldn't be any salespeople or insurance people. They're parasitic in the culture today. Mm -hmm. They live off the backs of most people. They don't do anything. Politicians don't do anything. They're not capable of doing anything. They don't understand physics, basic science. So they can't make any decisions that are relevant. They can make laws. But most man-made laws are not related to the real world. So education, again, going back to education, would be based mainly on science and technology and how, the, how we relate to one another and the world. What about language? What about language? The language that you learn is hundreds of years old and it makes it difficult to talk to one another. So we talk at each other. I think that in the future we will make a language that's not subject to interpretation. When you read the Bible, you interpret it your own way. That's why you have the Lutheran, the Seventh-day Adventist, the Catholic, because the Bible is subject to interpretation. We must develop a language that's not subject to interpretation, like mathematics, chemistry, physics, engineering. When engineers talk to each other, it's not subject to interpretation. It has a uniform meaning, and that's what we have to do with language. But not just uniform, it has to be related to the world you live in. Just going back to, to greed and, and money, now, not so much money, but let's say, okay, we're in the Venus Project and there is no money, and everybody has what they need, a car and a house, what would you do if someone said, I want a second house or I want a second car? How do you handle that situation? I can describe that to you. You know, the public library makes available books free of charge. Is that right? And when people have availability of books, if they can't afford books, it makes them wiser. So next door to the public library, we have a camera center where anyone can check out a camera just like the public library. Yeah. Next door to that, we have musical instruments you can check out just like the library. We make things available, if you don't understand me, just like the public library. Yeah, all yeah. things are available to all people. That's just about the end of crime. No one's going to steal things if they have it available at a resource center. And people will learn how the, the city works before they move in. They have neuronal lag from this culture, but when they understand that they can check out things that's there when they need it, it, they won't be deprived. The main aim is to eliminate scarcity in a resource-based economy so people always have things when they want them, then they don't have to hoard. You know, Jacques always uses this example, if it rained gold, you know, everybody prizes gold, and if it rained gold, for days and days they they'd begin to shovel it in their closets, in their cellars, in the attic, they'd, they'd hoard it, and they'd be greedy about it. But if it rained gold for months and months and months, and it became abundant, they would just throw it out in the streets. It would have no meaning whatsoever. And that's what it would be like in the, in the future, when things are abundant. We have to make a society, a high-energy society, and create abundance for everyone then you don't have greed, you don't have envy, you don't have stealing. That would be a, a byproduct of a very old civilization. And people, if they had that, 
you know, it wasn't be, wouldn't be an appropriate behavior for a new society like that. They would be helped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you speak about uh, energy sources? Because sometimes when you bring up renewable energy, some people say that we don't have it, and then you guys say that we definitely have enough renewable energy for for forever. Like, you must understand that the gasoline, the people, the people that sponsor oil platforms and oil drilling are not interested in the electric car. Mm-hmm. You should understand that. Mm-hmm. If you have things that threaten the vested interest, they're going to fight back. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a factory and you turn on vacuum cleaners faster than my factory. If you share your ideas with me, you will lose a competitive edge. Do you understand that? Yeah. And that's why this system does not yield to any system that threatens this system. Mm-hmm. They spread all sorts of rumors and lies about one another. Don't forget, the Democrats lie about the Republicans. The Republicans lie about the Democrats. And internationally, we lie about one another. Well, I, I was meaning they would spread all sorts of rumors and lies about any other new system. They would say it wouldn't work, it's utopian, yeah, you'll never yeah. see that, not in a thousand years. We don't have enough energy. We do have enough energy. We have more than enough energy. The Earth is loaded with geothermal energy, wave power, wind power, photoelectric power. Temper- temperature differentials. Yes, yeah, so many electric currents rivers and the tides, we can harness all of that, we have more than enough energy for thousands of years without using fossil fuels. And for, for just, for, for the people who, who go to college to study renewable energy, do, do the institutions actually teach them this? Do the, institution, do the institutions teach them this, those people going to school for renewable energy? I, I don't know what they teach, but they certainly do not teach an alternative social design and how to use the resources wisely. They don't teach a resource-based economy. Yeah, I, I, I know they don't teach a resource-based economy, but I, I just, I, I've often heard people say, oh, I have a friend and he's doing renewable energy and he says that we don't have enough this or that, and I'm like, I, like, I, pers- I personally just don't know enough about it. Like, He's asking if, if, he said he has a friend that is going to school for renewable energy and they say they don't have enough energy. Of course they say that, because they want you to use what exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Colleges are backed from the the corporations of this culture also. Yeah, so so, like like medicine and the pharmaceutical companies. That's right. Medicine is today a business. It's not interested in the health of people. If you cure cancer and most other diseases, that's a threat to their income. Don't you see that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the pharmaceutical industries are the... biggest lobbyists in the United States. They make the laws, is what that is, That what that means. They make the laws in their own interest. Can you speak about the dangers of divide between countries instead of being just one whole world? Can you talk about the dangers of the countries being divided instead of being one world? Well, first of all, they'd be educated and know that all of us depend on nature. We're not separate from nature, we're part of it. And once we learn to take care of the environment, there's enough for everybody, more than enough. Mm -hmm. But we must maintain a population that's in perfect accordance 
with the carrying capacity of the environment. First, you do a survey to see what we have. That determines how many people the Earth can support. If you build an excess of population more than the Earth can support, you're going to have territorial disputes, arguments, and war. War is a byproduct of social ignorance. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, how, how many people do you think the Venus Project could, could support? Like, how, how big can you think the world's population can get till it gets too big? around 7 billion beyond that it becomes threatening which it is but now yeah. you don't need 7 billion people you need people in proportion to what the earth can support I hope you understand what that means yeah. you can't put 100,000 people on an ocean liner unless it's built yeah. to support 100,000 people mm -hmm. if you've got 1,000 people they know how much water and how much food to order for the trip, do you understand that? Mm -hmm. First you have to know the size of the ocean liner. Mm -hmm. The same with environment. If you don't do a survey of what the environment can support, you can't estimate the size of a city. If you just build an enormous city without sufficient water and sufficient land to grow food, you're going to have trouble in that city. Who who will look after everything though in 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 the Venus Project in this new the world? Committee. The survey committee. And, and who 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 decides who's in this committee, Jock? The survey committee. They don't decide anything. They do a survey of how much arable land, how much water we have, and we live in accordance with what we have. He's asking who decides who will be in the survey committee. The survey committee is technical competence. People that are trained in doing surveys, they can go to a certain state and tell us how much arable land that state has, how much water it has. That determines how large a city will be built, mm -hmm. not individuals. There's no opinions in the future. There's only data information that's collected. Uh, what about the machines that you say will will run the majority of our technology? What happens if they break down? Who who looks after this, or or who who what, who does the maintenance? Like, first of all, you've got to understand that machines are designed to break down. In other words, engineers today plan light bulbs to last a little beyond the warranty, <laughs> but the old Edison lamp lasted 100 years, one lamp. They can't make money with those lamps, so they design them. It's called planned obsolescence. I'm sure you've heard about it. Yeah. Everything is designed to wear out and break down, including styles, clothing, automobiles, are designed to wear out and break down, so you buy a new one. <laughs> what do you say to people who say that humans are designed to be like uh, red-blooded fight flight um you know it's it's we're, you know it's in our nature to always be kind of always go back to our kind of animalistic habits what do you say to this i say to them that people reflect their environment only yeah if you're brought up by the headhunters you're a headhunter if you're brought up in spain you speak spanish if you're brought up in England, you speak what the English broke. So, <clears throat> if you're brought up in the South, you might be brought up to dislike blacks or other people. Mm -hmm. You're a victim of culture. Mm -hmm. 
What about religion's place in the Venus Project? You can believe whatever you want to believe on your own time. The churches are outside of the Venus Project realm. <clears throat> we don't deal with that. We only deal with supporting people, teaching them the brotherhood of man that the church has failed to do. The church blesses war tanks. Did you know that? <laughs> the church blesses soldiers. Although it says in the Bible, thou shalt not kill. It also says, love your enemy. I never met a Christian, a person that behaves that way. Yeah. They don't even understand the Bible. I don't know what they'd be preaching. You know, they preach the brotherhood of man. Everything that the Venus talks about, Venus Project talks about, and once it's implemented, is the implementations of all the religious aspirations, but making it a reality. Religion has failed to do that. They mm -hmm. just give lip service and give rules to people, rules that are impossible to maintain. So they have to keep coming to church and renunciate or reconfess. Yeah, reconfess. Because, you know, they, they talk about doing everything that, against everything that that people like to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what timeline do, do you predict that this could actually happen? Like, do, do, you, do you see something like the Venus Project happening within the next century, two centuries, or, or like, like as, 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 as Jock said, he thinks he's, it's going to be like an, it's going to be an economical thing that's going to drive the Venus Project to come about. So how long, like, when do you foresee it? He's asking when do you foresee this? It depends on what the radio audience does. <laughs> the people I'm talking to now, if they talk to other people about the Venus Project and read or look on our website to learn more about it, then nothing will happen. It depends on what you do. It doesn't depend on Fresco and Roxanne. It depends on the majority of people. If they understand what I'm talking about, we will have a wonderful world. But, you know, people ask us when this will happen. It's happening now. The societies all over the world are collapsing. And in the United States, the United States would have collapsed if they didn't bail out the banks with, with uh, taxpayers' public, yes, public funds. So it will collapse again. It's collapsing all over the world. And the sheer rate of automation will make this system collapse too because people in high industries have to automate more and more to keep keep up with those who are going abroad for cheap labor and when you automate it's cheaper than than even the cheapest labor in the world you don't have to have a, a cooled factory you don't have to pay unemployment compensation you don't have to pay for the for the people to work you don't you know, there's so many things that you don't have to pay for. It's cheaper to automate. So in, in order to keep up with other industries, you have to automate. And as if you keep automating and you keep displacing people from work because of automation, then they don't have the purchasing power to buy the goods and services turned out. And that alone is the end of the monetary system. 
if we don't pollute the air and the food, you know, just that alone, there's so many other things that are going to make this monetary system disappear as well. What are your opinions of the Zeitgeist movement? Well, whatever the Zeitgeist movement talks about is based on the Venus Project. Yeah. They don't have plans, they don't have methodologies of achieving this. They don't have the background. Um, so, the, the Zeitgeist movement is based on Jacques Fresco's work, mm -hmm. originally. But it went off in different directions. It went off in different directions that we feel would not maintain a resource-based economy as successfully as working with the Venus Project. Do you think you could just have a partnership, yourself and Peter Joseph, maybe? We had that. It wasn't a partnership. <laughs> we were never... It was, it was Peter Joseph's movement. We were never brought in with things concerning it. Yeah. it. It wasn't a partnership. It was supposedly the activist arm of the Venus Project, but it, it, it didn't really include the Venus Projects. It didn't include Jacques' opinions or, or input. So mm -hmm, it, it did not work. I've often heard you talk about Occupy Wall Street. Can you just, for the listeners, give your opinion on this? Yes, that won't do the job. They have no blueprint. They have no direction. They don't know what to do. They, they try and work things out within this system, try yeah, and make yeah. this system just... They want a piece of the pie that they're not getting. Let me say this. It's not enough to criticize a country without offering an alternative. Here, drink some water. Try that again. <laughs> <laughs> you take your time. If you criticize the system and you don't offer an alternative, you leave people in midair. Yeah. And the Occupy Wall Street does not have a. a an alternative. They don't know what to do. They're just angry and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But they don't know what to offer. Mm -hmm. um, can you just speak about the the this is this on Saturdays you guys take you take people in to, to show them around the, the the Venus project? Yes, thanks for mentioning this. On um, on Saturdays we have Venus project tours and seminars. And people come from all over the world to learn about the Venus Project firsthand from Jacques, and he speaks for many hours. We show you around the grounds, we show you the hundreds of models and describe them. We show you a 12-minute video, and it's, in an, it's an intimate setting, and you, you can ask whatever questions you'd like. Mm -hmm. But people come here one way, and they leave very different. They really learn a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and they learn about a resource-based economy, they learn about a new value system, they learn how, why people behave the way they do. It's, um, it's a very, it's, it's information you don't get anywhere else. It's a cerebral anima. Who is going to continue on this work, you know, in the years to come, apart from yourself, Roxanne? Well, we have a large group of people who are working with us. If you go to our website, thevenusproject.com, and under Get Involved, you'll see the different groups. Um, and if you'd like to help us, we, we need your help. So learn about this direction. We have a lot of free information on the website. We have free e-books. We have a, a book list. But I would
want to start with Jock's book, The Best That Money Can't Buy, mm -hmm. and uh, learn about it and go to our website under Get Involved and see how you might want to help. We have activist groups all over the world. We have different um, Venus Project activist groups. On our website, you'll see a map. You can see where the different groups are and contact that point of contact person in that area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and what what do you think these like I uh, know I haven't looked into myself, but what do you think is the best route for for these groups? Like, what is the best approach? Is it to put on free talks in their in their local towns, wherever they are in the world? Is this is this where you see it going? Well, that's what they're doing. They're doing a lot of different things. They're doing exhibits. They're doing talks. They're um, renting theaters and showing our latest documentary called uh, Paradise or Oblivion. That's free online. You can download it as a torrent. Um, <laughs> sorry, getting interrupted here. So you can, <laughs> you can go online and, and download the, the video. You can download the free e-books. Um, go to our store, too, and order Jacques' book. We have hundreds of lectures, and that helps support the Venus Project. We have to sell certain things because, you know, the, the government doesn't come along and say, well, you're doing a wonderful job, you don't have to pay your taxes. <laughs> we live in a monetary system as well, so some of the items we do have to sell, but we have a lot of the information for free on our YouTube channel. Please check that out, too. There's lots of lectures on there. There's a lot of information that you can get just on the Internet. And then join us and work with us. Can you just speak uh, about the motion picture you guys are hoping to do and how are you hoping to raise the money for this? Yes, uh, we feel the next step is a major motion picture. And um, we are working toward that right now. We, we put out a help for donations for this, for the scriptwriter. We have a lot of things written, and Jacques knows where the story wants to, he knows where he wants to take the mm -hmm, story, mm -hmm. but we need a scriptwriter who can work with us, learn about this direction, and put certain things in there that we don't have in there. And um, then we're going to be presenting it and trying to get studios to do it. We we asked for donations for the scriptwriter, and we were asking for 100000 for the scriptwriter and some other things, for a budget proposal and for maybe a trailer, but we earned over a hundred and thirty. It was about a hundred and thirteen thousand. Might be more than that now. And they were just from donations of people who were aware of the Venus Project. And small donations, so it was a lot of people who donated. Very very so good. There is a large group out there that want to help. And w when do you envision the motion picture being released in two or three years, or? Yes, maybe that. You know, it's at the early stages still, unfortunately, but there's a lot of work already done on it, tremendous amount of work, <clears throat> you know, in terms of the designs, the storyline, and other things. So we are constantly interviewing people. So far we haven't found the right person because it really takes somebody who we feel needs to be experienced in script writing and has some background on this, but yet is sophisticated enough to be able to understand this um, this direction. Can, can I just ask, like, when was the actual point uh, when Jock just like sat down and, and just like wrote all this out, like he just said, "This is the way it needs to be." Well, that was cumulative. You know, he started working on this when he was very young, even at the age of thirteen. And it's not just philosophy. He backs it up with technology as well. Oh yeah. And it's not just his wishes of how he hopes.
things can be. He backed it up with a lot of experimentation that was developed all through his life in all different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and who, I, I heard him in one interview say his grandfather was a big influence on him. Who else was a big influence on him? Is it, or is it just, again, an accumulation of influences? Who else influenced you other than your grandfather? Many good books, like uh, books on semantics, books on environment, books on oceanography, many different books in many different professions. And mm-hmm. um, that's it, th- guys, that's all the questions I have. You, you, you answered them too fast and, and too good. Um, but that, that's it. Is there anything else you, you'd like to add for any of the listeners just to check out the Venus Project? Anything else you want to add? Other than check out the Venus Project? No, just check it out. Read our book, The Best That Money Can't Buy. Okay. It's beyond war poverty. Well, the politics, poverty, and war. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. It's the best that money can't buy. If you read that book, you'll have a great deal of information. The best that money can't buy, guys. Okay, so um, I'm just going to wrap up the show. Uh, Roxanne and Jock, uh, thanks a million for coming on to the show. And I'll, uh, when it's up, I'll send you the link. And uh, so everybody listening, guys, I'll talk to you next time and take care.